0: The one and
1: only Cliff Richard and the Shadows. Hi, this is David Ghosty-Wills, and welcome to episode 18 of the We Say Yeah podcast, a monthly unofficial Cliff Richard and the Shadows fan podcast where we review and discuss every single EP and LP in chronological order. Except... For the month of December's show. That's when we do something a little different. We veer off course because, well, we're celebrating the holidays. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, some comments and reaction to last month's episode, which you may recall, featured our guests j on the Beat and P.J. Shakespeare. That was a great episode where we reviewed Cliff's Hit Parade EP and also the soundtrack to The Boys' film, that EP... By the shadows. Over on our We Say Yeah Facebook page, Susan Woods writes, Keep up the good work. Short and sweet. I love that. Thank you so much, Susan. Bjorn, Bjorn Hansen writes, Thank you, ghosty for yet another entertaining episode of We Say Yeah, which I look forward to with anticipation every month. Thank you so much, Bjorn. I wasn't aware of Show 17's The Boys EP, as none of these tracks by The Shadows are included in my three CD box set The Shadows Collection, or on the numerous Cliff albums that I have where many of The Shadows' instrumentals are included. Also curious to know why My Feet Hit the Ground, which you in an earlier episode felt took a back seat to High Class Baby, were among your five favorite Cliff rockers, as well as your exclusion of Apron Strings. And nine times out of ten from your personal top five choices. He's referring to when I was on P.J. Shakespeare's show and I chose my top five early Cliff Rockers. But thank you for mentioning your top five choices from that October 14th show with P.J. Shakespeare. Thanks so much, Bjorn. What can I say? My opinions change all the time. There is so much material here. And occasionally especially doing this show, when you're playing songs and you're listening to snippets over and over again, you kind of get a little burned out maybe on some songs, and then you wind up liking the song that you missed out on the last time around. I know that on the Facebook page, there's a big discussion about Sweet Dreams by the Shadows and how I wasn't really crazy about that. Give it time, folks. Give it time, because eventually I probably will be. And then finally, We got a nice five-star review on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they call it these days. Uh, Frev1 writes, This is a great podcast for fans of Cliff Richard and the Shadows. David Ghosty Wills presents an excellent and well researched history and brings on special guests to expand and explore the world of Cliff and the Shads. If you love early British rock, you'll enjoy this informative and fun podcast. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. Of course, those five star reviews really help to get the show noticed. Speaking of which, I don't know why they did this, but Apple Podcasts changed the way that I can view reviews. So I'll get notifications that folks in the UK have reviewed the show and I'll want to read the review, but I can't because for some reason I'm blocked from looking at what folks uh, overseas, I'm, I'm in America obviously, folks overseas are writing. So if you do Write a five star review for the show or even a one star review. Uh, send me an email so that I know that you did it with your review so I can mention it on the show because Apple Podcasts is blocking me from looking at it. And the email is we say yeah podcast at gmail.com. All right. Hopefully, or should I say ho, ho, hopefully, <clears throat> you'll enjoy this month's podcast with Mark Cunningham as we count down our personal top five favorite Cliff Richard Christmas songs. Now, I think I have a genetic predisposition to analyzing Christmas songs, because my great-great-great-great-grandfather was the Reverend Joshua E. Wills, who wrote a biography of Dr. Isaac Watts, who was the composer of many hymns, including a few Christmas carols, one of them being Joy to the World. So I guess you could say that by recording this discussion, I'm simply carrying on the family tradition of analyzing Christmas music. Mark Cunningham, of course, should be no stranger to the program, having been a guest several times, and he oversees many Cliff in the Shadows-related Facebook groups, and uh, he hosts his own review series on YouTube, by the way. Just look for those five-minute album reviews, including a new one about uh, the new CD Christmas with Cliff. In fact, we begin our countdown of the top five favorite Cliff Christmas songs with a little chat about the recent lighthearted battle in the charts for the number one spot between Sir Cliff and Stormzy.
0: He doesn't always get to number one, but it's, he says a career is not just made up of number ones. It's made up of hills and trees and forests, but just to compete with somebody like sorbsy I was looking at all the other albums that peaked at number two, and you can see people like Elvis there, the Beatles there, the Bee Gees in the 70s, uh, people in the 80s, like... It, it goes through all the decades. So uh, that, that's what makes up his career. Number one would have been a nice one.
1: Yeah, and because it's a Christmas album, it's going to sell every year. So if you took all the sales from this year and next year and the year after, cumulatively, this is going to sell more than an album that goes to number one in 2022. So built into Christmas with Cliff
0: is a longevity that these other records just yeah. don't have. I'd, I'd love them next year to do put all the Christmas songs together, maybe a double or a triple CD. Yes. Ultimate Christmas. I love that idea. I wish that would happen because a lot of these
1: songs, which we'll talk about today on this countdown, are spread out over various compilations and sometimes they're not even on those. So it would be great to have them all in one place. Anyway, we're going to countdown as i mentioned our top five favorite cliff richard christmas songs let's begin with you mark what is your song at
0: number five yeah i gotta pick uh number five 21st century christmas sometimes we stop and wonder has that old bubble burst or will this christmas morning be like the first I remember first hearing it on the Hearing Now tour. I think he closed the show with it. And um, just a shock to hear him singing something like that. He was almost rapping the song. And um, it, it just sounded absolutely fantastic. And it's one of them. The, gave me goosebumps the second I heard it. and I don't know, it's one it's of the fans' favorites as well.
1: Yeah, I love this song. The first time I heard it would have been on the 75 at 75 compilation. Okay. Because it didn't come out here in the States and right away it just grabbed me it's particularly the breakdown. You know, there's a part in the song where it kind of just, the instruments just drop out and it's a heavy guitar strum and Cliff is singing with the crowd. You know, it's it's a lot of fun.
0: The the night he sang it on the Here You Now tour, it was in Ireland, of course, and it was written by a songwriter from Ireland called Paul Brady. Do you know Paul Brady? Hmm. He had a few hits. He had a big hit with Nobody Knows. It was a great track. And um, he was in the audience he was only a few seats away from me cliff made him stand up and take a out uh, at that concert so yeah that's memorable wow my five songs i picked are all uh, five memories as well christmas memories as well so i don't have any from the new album in my top five so there's a little spoiler <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's okay i have one from the new album in my top five but you
0: raise a good point when you
1: mention memories in relation to these songs I know that in Europe, people associate Christmas with Cliff Richard and Cliff's Christmas number 1s and all of that. Here in America, we don't have that tradition at all. No one would ever associate Cliff Richard and Christmas. We just don't think of him as having anything to do with Christmas. If we think of Cliff, we think of Devil Woman, really, in America. So for me, I have no memories, Christmas memories anyway, attached to any of these songs. Although... I will say that I have picked up stateside Christmas compilations over the years. Not that I'm a connoisseur of Christmas music, but I certainly have a lot of it. And every once in a while, Mistletoe and Wine will be on that compilation. Right. So that's a song that, for whatever reason, has crossed the Atlantic to some degree i think that that song is so huge that there's just no way yeah (laughs) absolute classic yeah there's no way for that song to just not invade america you know in in some uh, fashion but anyway my number five is from the new christmas album christmas with cliff not to be confused with the other christmas with cliff from a few years ago it's Actually, the last song on the album, Six Days After Christmas, Happy New Year.
0: Light a candle, let it burn for all the loved and lost. Share a story short or sweet of what they meant to.
1: This was written by Chris Eaton, who's going to pop up again on my list, and A.J. Brown. And, you know, I just love quiet, contemplative Christmas songs. They don't even have to be Christmas per se, but a song like The River by Joni Mitchell or even Tennessee Christmas by Amy Grant.
0: Rockies are calling, Denver's no falling. Somebody said it's for feet. Doesn't matter, give me the laughter. I'm going to choose to keep
1: another tender
0: Tennessee
1: Christmas. You know, this sort of has.
0: That reflective feel to it. And hope for the future in the new year. Yes, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, my father-in-law passed away a couple of months ago. So, Mm. like when I was listening to that song, and he was he, he mentions. Remembering people And memories of Christmas gone by And everything It's its absolutely beautiful I think it'll touch Anybody's heart and I, d- I don't usually like New Year's songs I didn't really like This New Year I thought it was a bit cheesy And I know Ringo Starr released one Last year or the year before Which was cheesy as well And Do you remember George Harrison Had that Ding Dong Ding Dong, yeah Yeah, yeah I, d- I never liked songs For the New Year's But I absolutely love this one Six days after Christmas, the year comes to an end. And I choose to remember good times with good friends.
1: So that was my number five pick. What would be your number four favorite Cliff Richard Christmas song?
0: This is another one. As you say, 21st Century Christmas was on 75. Seventy-five. I think that's the only album that that's on. This next one that I picked, number four, is not on any album. So that's why I want to see a big compilation coming out maybe next year or the year after. And it's better to dream. Here I am, but you're so far away So I'm gonna dream of you When Christmas was just we two Just a lonely fool And I know you'll never feel The way I feel Beautiful song Originally not a Christmas song They just turned it into a Christmas song At the last minute apparently Um, But it worked and it's absolutely beautiful. I absolutely love that song.
1: This is so odd, because that is also my number four. Okay. <laughs> I love It's Better to Dream, no matter what form it's in, whether it's the original from the 2016 album, Just Fabulous Rock and Roll, or the Christmas version. The song was written by Steve Mendel and Andy Childs with additional lyrics by Cliff, evidently. And it's got this great throwback feel, which is why it fits so well on Just
0: Fabulous Rock and Roll. I love it yeah it's another beautiful track yeah has to be on my playlist every year i
1: i feel as if this song was i mean i understand that in this day and age you want to find new ways to market singles like for example with the new album they're putting it in a magazine and for it's better to dream the christmas version it was in a card that you could buy
0: yeah and well, only a certain amount of people could buy i pay way over the odds for it uh eBay sometime in the summer, I think after the Christmas. I think I paid forty something euros for which um I know people only paid like if if you're one of the lucky ones to get in there it was only like two or three quid to buy originally. But there was only I don't know many copies there was. Do you remember? It was a very limited run and it
1: sold out almost immediately.
0: Yeah, there's not a hope that was kind of make any impact on the the charts at all.
1: I don't know. Maybe the thinking was this is sort of a brokenhearted Christmas song, so there's not as big an appeal as there would be for other more happy Christmas songs, hence it was a limited release. But I feel like the song was underserved, so if there ever is – That Cliff Ultimate Christmas Compilation, this should be track one at the very least. So since we both had the same song at number four, I guess I'll move on with my number three. It's a song from 1990 written by Chris Eaton, who we mentioned earlier, and uh, it's Savior's Day. Yep, absolutely. That's my number two. (laughs) I had a feeling this was going to happen. We were going to have some crossover. Um, I love this song. I sound like a broken record. I mean, we're talking about our top five favorite Cliff Christmas songs, so obviously we're going to be saying I love this, I love that a lot. Um, this works not only as a Christmas song, but just as like a gospel song, you know, and it has this really cool Celtic feel with the pipes and everything. And it's very contemporary, but it sounds like a song that's been around forever, if that makes any sense. And I know the story, it actually had been around forever for at least a year because Chris Eaton had played it to Cliff at a party But it was too late for Cliff to record anything, so it was held over and released in December of 1990, and it was
0: a a huge hit. It was a number one. I I remember it was a battle at the time because there was a lot of uh, great songs out at the time. George Michael and Elton John released Don't Let the Sun Go Down to Me, which was a huge hit. Uh, There was a lot of duets. It was Tina Turner and Rod Stewart released It Takes Two. There was a pile of songs up against Saver's Day, but Saver's Day won in the end. Great video as well.
1: Yes, beautiful video. So we are up to your number three, right? Your number three favorite uh,
0: Cliff Christmas song. Yeah, I think I could be wrong. I think this one is associated with Chris Eaton as well, and it's Little Town. Still, we see the light. Boom, boom, deep and dreamlessly. The silent stars go by. Cliff has always said since he recorded that that's the one that should have been the big gift for him. That's his. Favorite Christmas song that he ever recorded. He even said it in an interview the other day that Little Tail was disappointed. I think it only reached number 10. And he thought that was going to be the big one. But Missile Talk
1: Wine was the big one. Well, that brings us to my number two favorite Cliff Richard Christmas song. And I think my number two pick is going to be from Out of Left Field for a lot of people. But it's actually from my favorite cliff richard christmas related project it's a traditional british folk christmas carol which dates back to the 19th century but it may in fact even be older and it's called the holly and the
0: ivy the holly and the ivy when they are both full grown Of all the trees that are in the wood, the holly bears the crown. The The rising of the sun sun and the running running of the deer. The playing of the merry organ, sweet singing in the choir. So
1: my favorite Christmas music is music from this era. And hence, this is my favorite Cliff Richard Christmas project. It's called The Carol Singers EP, released in 1967. Cliff singing a cappella with a group of vocalists called The Master Singers. Five songs on that EP, all of this ilk, but this song and a few others was not actually on that EP but was released many, many years later. We should be together. Yes, the "We Should Be Together" CD single. I love these traditional Christmas songs. I do. I'm a sucker for a Dickensian kind of Christmas feel, which these uh, tracks have. I they show up
0: crazy about but all. Like, it's very similar to we know that Cliff. We mentioned it loads of times before. Big fan of the Everly Brothers. Uh, the Everly Brothers Christmas album was very like that as well. They're singing with them. Um, they're singing with an orchestra and um, a chorus. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, that's in my wheelhouse too. I guess that's called high church. I I just love that sound, and these songs have been collected to a degree. I mean, there's
0: that carols and Christmas song CD from the 90s and on the big box there. yeah, fifty and anniversary. Um, was it the EP collection that was part of that? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think those two or three tracks on that one. Yeah. Well, I know
1: we agree on your number 2 song because it was also my number 3 song, Savior's Day.
0: Open your eyes some stay
1: By the way, as far as I know, Savior's Day was never like an alternate name for Christmas. It's an actual holiday celebrated by the nation of Islam. I found that out in my in my research, okay. even though in this context Chris Eaton was obviously writing about Christmas. So that brings us to, I guess it's my number 1, which <laughs> was already a song that you had chosen in your top 5, and it's Little Town
0: Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years. Amen.
1: So I just consulted Vic Rust's Cliff Richard recording catalog book, and you are correct. Chris Eaton did have something to do with this song. He arranged it. It was written by Philip Brooks. It's O Little Town of Bethlehem, but with a totally different melody, and it's ingenious. In fact, I think this song is a masterpiece. I can understand why Cliff was disappointed, but I think had this been recorded by somebody who was up and coming at the time like kate bush for example i could see her doing this song maybe as the flip of december will be magic again it probably would have gone to number one you know um yeah, yeah. the kate bush time what the 1982 was. yes you're right right so it has has a little bit of that it has cool. that 80s kind of
0: feel to it as well yeah
1: so your number one i'm not going to guess but i have a feeling what your number one would be yeah. what is your this, number this one <laughs>
0: Yeah, the first time I heard it was in September 1988 when I first went to see Cliff. I was 12 years old and he'd done the whole concert and he came back out to do an encore and he says, I've run out of songs, but I recorded a, a new Christmas song, but you don't want to hear that in September and he walked off and then a few minutes later he came back and he sang, this is home, boy, and oh, what a tree! you kind of do straight away this is going to be huge I was only 12 and I still thought this is going to be a big hit although at 12 I thought everything the Cliff recording was going to be but uh, I really had a good feeling about this one
1: Well it's certainly a classic this is one I, I can, I'm i going to have to echo how you feel about the master singers I'm not a huge fan of Mistletoe and Wine i oh. it's one of those songs that whether I liked it or not, it's just ingrained into my head at this point. I've just heard it so many times, but there are—I—I I almost wish that it there it could be re-recorded. Well, it was re-recorded it was. Uh, with Collabro, yeah. <laughs>
0: Last year wasn't it? I'd like
1: to see a more. Uh, low-key version of that. I don't know if it's possible, but it is like a big sing-along. I have a feeling that if I were with a group of people and it came on and everyone was singing, I would happily join in. But it's not a uh, a Christmas song that I immediately reach for. I I prefer things like Savior's Day and even oh, yeah. 21st Century Christmas. But yeah, they're all yeah. good. You really can't go wrong with, with Cliff at Christmas. And I agree. Some kind of a compilation that puts all all of them together in one
0: package would, uh, well. Would beat Stormzy and Rihanna and the whole lot of them. Right. I'm sure that would beat every single one of them.
1: So that, I guess, would lead into the end of our conversation here where we talk about what we'd like to see for 2023. I'd like to see more than a Christmas compilation, but it's a good idea, certainly. But what would you like to see in
0: 2023? Does a a a couple of things that I've given up on now that I kind of wanted to see Cliff do, um, I don't think they're ever going to happen. I'd love to see him do an unplugged album with mm. Remaining Shadows. Oh, that would be that's, wonderful! That's probably the ounce of the dream, just to say him, because they always did little acoustic set in their concerts, and um, it's like one of my favorite parts of their shows. So I'd love to see Cliff and the Shadows unplugged. I think that would be. That'd be fantastic even like when they did the 60th tv show last year was not it yes of Apache, um and the shadows are 60 the shadows played just as good as yeah. they ever did
1: well you know last year as we as we must remember i did push the idea of a christmas album so you're <laughs> right and it wound up coming true 2023 also marks is it the 60th anniversary of summer holiday oh yeah so it would be Yeah, the 60th anniversary. I could see, not necessarily, well, there could be a re-release, like a vinyl re-release or something like that, but I could see maybe some kind of a celebration of that, because it's such an iconic film, Uh, a celebration that is a journey, that is a trip that people could take. And I'm just floating that idea out there in case anyone at uh, really the nice Cliff Richard video. organization is listening, some kind of a trip in celebration of summer holiday, maybe at the end of that trip, uh, you know, there could be Cliff at the end of the trip. I'm just saying that yeah. that sounds like an idea to celebrate the 60th and, you know, yeah, I'm just put, putting it out there in the universe.
0: Yeah, well, your prediction came true from last year, so we could know <laughs> uh
1: My thanks once again to Mark Cunningham for appearing on the show and he was a little under the weather when we recorded that so we got to give him some extra marks for being a trooper there and uh, finishing that discussion. I think that went really well. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great Christmas and a great holiday and I know that this episode is a little shorter than usual. I had planned, in fact, Some people had reached out to me and said that they wanted to do Christmas messages and everything. And I put it out there. Hey, let's, you know, you, the listeners, send me some Christmas messages and I'll play them on the show. And then, you know, the deadline came and nobody sent any. So maybe next year. Well, definitely next year, our January show. Gurdip Ladar and Justin Gosman of the TCB cast, the unofficial Elvis Presley fan podcast, will be joining us. Gurdip returning to the program. Uh, They'll be joining us to talk about the album 32 minutes and 17 seconds with Cliff Richard. And I can tell you that this upcoming episode may be the longest episode we've ever had on the program. So we got a short one for this month. And next month we go big. All right. Thank you again for listening. I always appreciate it when anybody listens to anything that I uh, put together, especially this. And uh, send us an email we say yeah podcast at gmail.com and join us over on Facebook. Look for We Say Yeah.
0: We say yeah. We say yeah.